Like I said when I welcomed you, um, hope you had a good fourth and uh, had, had lots of fun with family and just good times. Uh, we, we truly are blessed. You know, I think when I think of Independence Day, uh, a lot of things come to my mind. Um, when I see the red, white, and blue waving, I uh, see those colors, you know, certain things just come to your mind. You know, you think, you think about sacrifice, you you think about freedom, you think about bravery, um, courage also comes to my mind, the courage of others to just, man, go to places unknown, go to uh, places where, you know, there's danger, to face danger head on, man, that takes courage. Uh, the I walked, watched Hacksaw Ridge um, recently, and I had never heard of Desmond Doss. I've never heard of that story until that movie, and I'm so thankful that, you know, that movie's there because it, it just shows you the courage of others. You know, this guy had a religious conviction to not use a weapon and to not take a life. You know, he had that conviction, but also, you know, wanted to do the right thing and serve his country and ended up um, saving 75 lives in, uh, in Japan during World War II rushing into the battlefield, removing, taking wounded soldiers out of harm's way and bringing them to safety. I just think of the courage that that takes to do something like that. Um, we're in this series called The Church Defined. And in our lives now, we've been in such a change. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And maybe that's you too. Maybe you're old enough to wear... You've, you've, you remember something, going through something similar like this in your life, but our lives are turned upside down, have been. And so what about the church? What does church even look like now? What is the church supposed to be doing? What do we, if we, if we are not even sure if we could come to church, what does that mean? You know, that's why I wanted to go through this series. And, and one thing's for sure, when you look at what the early church was, they were courageous. They were courageous. Courageous Christians. And, um, you know, from hospitals to orphanages to food pantries, all those can be traced back to the early church. Now that's changing the world. When we look out at our world now, we can get so depressed. We can get so angry. We can get so emotional. So emotional. There's so much negativity out there. The world needs a change. And you know what brings about change is courage. Courage. You know, you might be thinking, well, how can I make a difference? What can we do as Christians to, to make a difference in this world? Well, we can, we can be people of faith, but we can also be people of courage as well. Courageous, courageous Christians changed the world before, and I believe we can do it again. I believe we can. So I want to talk to you uh, 
we'll be in Acts chapter 3 and 4 today, and I want to talk to you about courage. And there's three areas of courage that I want to go over. It's going to be very practical, um, and I'll just, I won't speed through them, but we'll go through them quickly. Three areas of courage. If we are courageous in these three areas, it will bring about change. It will. It, it will change the world if we are courageous in these three areas. And the first area is this. We need to have courage to show radical love to others. Now, when I mention courage, you're probably not thinking about love, are you? Right? Um, you know, courage isn't just needed on the battlefield. Courage is needed at home, in the home, in our lives. When we interact with people, courage is needed. You know, love is powerful. Huey Lewis, the 80s philosopher, wrote that. Love is powerful. Um, radical love, though, is way powerful. Okay, what is radical love? Well, whatever you think love is, it's greater than that. It's more than that. Radical love changes the world. But you know what it takes to have radical love, to show radical love? It takes courage to do that. Some of you might take courage just to love in general, right? But to show radical love takes courage. In our scripture today, we find Peter and John together, and they are on their way to the temple to pray. And that's interesting because, you know, what about Jesus? I thought Jesus, you know, did away with all those things. Well, you know, they were lifelong Jews. It was customary for the Jew to go to the temple to pray during certain times. Um, they were going to the temple to pray at 3 o'clock. And so these guys were just human, just like you and me. And so Peter is getting used to something different. He struggles with this over a certain period of time. That's all it is. But they were on their way to the temple to pray. And then Acts 3, verse 2. Let's read this together. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So now just imagine this guy. Imagine how this guy felt. Not only being lame, lame from birth, but feeling the shame that he felt. Um, ha first of all, having to be carried. That's pretty shameful, isn't it? I don't know if any of you have had to be carried, um, you know, like in a sports setting or anything like that. Maybe you fell and, and hurt your leg. But, I, you know, I've had a couple of sports injuries where I am uh, had to be carried off by others, and that's just embarrassing. On top of the injury, you know, you got everybody looking at you, right? It's embarrassing. It's shameful. And then this, so they carried the guy, then the set, they set him down. And then they put him at the gate, the main gate, where everybody would see him, where he would get uh, looked at by the most people. Imagine the shame this guy felt. Every single day, being ignored, placed there just to beg for money. People passed by him, looked over him, didn't pay attention to him. Verse 3, when Peter and John, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them, So this guy saw Peter and John coming in, approaching the gate, just like everybody else. And so he's like, okay, here comes somebody. And so he gives them the same 
thing, the same message that he would have given anybody passing by. Help me. Give me some money. Can you help me? You know, and I'm thinking, how many times have Peter and John passed by here? If they are going to the temple to pray for their daily prayer, and this guy is set out there daily, how many times? A lot. Something different about Peter, though, this time. Something different on the inside. Because I want you to notice what he did. What did he do here? He looked straight at him, as did John. They looked at him. You know, I got to thinking, how many times do we look away or ignore or choose not to see? Look, I I do this, and it's so embarrassing to even admit this to you, but I have done this when the kids see somebody begging for money or asking for money on the side of the road. I say, don't look. Why? Have you done that, or am I the only one? I mean, something about being out of sight, out of mind. We, 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 we pretend that we don't see it. They, they, they looked, they, they saw this guy. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk, taking him by the right hand. He helped him. He helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. So, look. Peter and John, something different on this day. They looked at the guy, but they didn't just look at the guy. They saw the guy. There's a difference between looking at somebody and seeing somebody. When you see somebody, you see deeper. You see a bigger picture. You see a clearer picture. They saw this man had a need. And notice Peter just, he didn't give the man what he wanted. He gave the man what he needed gave the man what he needed which is so so important you know Peter didn't have silver or gold didn't have it but you know what he had he had the radical love of Jesus inside of him and he gave it he gave it freely willingly and I want you to notice all the while they were going about their daily routine they stopped and did this. They showed radical love to somebody. How, ca- how can you show radical love to someone in your daily routine, in your coming and going, in your passing by the gate, in your coming and leaving work or your home? You know, they didn't go out seeking to bless somebody. They were going about their daily routine and, and took advantage of an opportunity to bless somebody while on their way. They showed radical love. Look, don't get so busy. I know we can get caught up in busyness. Don't get so busy that you don't see the needs around you. And don't get so caught up in the insanity. It it is insane out there. Don't get so caught up in the insanity that you fail to see people in need right in front of you. Radical love makes a difference. Radical love brings about change. Think this guy had a change in his life? 
Sure did. So this guy who was lame from birth, he was healed. He jumped to his feet. He began, he began walking around, and people noticed. People started saying, well, you know, I know that guy. He's walking now. He's different. People started talking. It says people were amazed. And so the second area that I believe we need to have courage, more courage in, and if we have courage in this, it'll change the world, is this. We need to give God glory. We need to have the courage to give God glory. Now, look, you're probably thinking, this sounds obvious. You know, if you're a Christian, yeah, I know, I kind of know that. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. But how often do you do it? We, we know it's simple. We know we're supposed to do this, but yet we fail to do it all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean like all the time. You know, there's, there's a lot of moments that we don't do it. Sometimes we give God glory for things, but many times we fail to give God credit and glory for the good things all around us. And what happens is we miss out on a huge opportunity, huge opportunity to not only glorify God, but we miss out on an opportunity to potentially make a huge difference. We miss out on an opportunity for change. Let me show you. Acts 3, verse 9, when all the people saw him, that's the guy that was born lame, that was healed, when they saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So the people knew this guy. He had been there every single day of his life. They knew he was born lame. They knew he begged. They knew where he would be. They knew who he was. And so to see him standing and walking around, they were amazed. And what was this guy doing? He was not only walking around, but he was what? Praising God. He was praising God. He was glorifying God. And not just in this moment. This would have been a crazy moment, okay? All these people were surrounding Peter and John, and they were just amazed at Peter. They were astonished with him, and Peter had this this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be famous, this opportunity to be the man of the hour, this opportunity to be the celebrity, the superstar. He had this shiny moment, and I want you to notice what he did, verse 12, and he did this so fast, okay? When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? See how fast he did that? Why are you, why are you looking at me in amazement? Why are you staring at me? Because of this, why, why, I mean, why are you looking at me? He sort of he sort of rebukes people here just for looking at him, for turning their attention to him. And then notice what he says in verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see Peter said look this isn't because of me or anything that I've done it's all because of Jesus 
Every bit of it is because of Jesus. And instead of allowing himself to get any amount of credit whatsoever, he quickly turns the credit to God. You know, it takes courage to fight self-glory. It takes courage. It takes courage to deflect credit that was meant for you and deflect it to God. It takes courage. Um, I was thinking about this when I was preparing this message, John twelve forty two, in, in the Gospel of John, he talks about the religious leaders. Some of them actually believed. You know, we give all of the religious leaders sort of bad, you know, bad rap for what most of them did, but actually a few of them believed Jesus. You know, Nicodemus being one of those real good ones. But it, it says this in in John twelve forty two, some religious leaders believed, but they did not confess. And that means they did not give God glory because they loved the glory of man more than the glory of God. And I think how tragic that is to, to believe but yet not glorify God, not, not give God glory because you like the glory yourself more than his glory. How tragic is that? You know, what would it look like if you gave God credit what would it look like if you gave God glory for the good things that happen around you? What would it look like if we said, praise God for us being here today? Do you know how awesome this is to be in this room with you? To be able to freely talk about Jesus? To be able to cook out yesterday and eat meat, hamburgers, steak? Praise God! It's awesome. You know how awesome it is, how great it is that I got a new grill yesterday and got to use it? Praise God. How great is it that we can come here and worship without having to worry about being taken over or uh, harmed or experience danger? This morning when we open up our Bibles and we read God's Word, we have nothing to worry about. Praise God. Praise God that you have a job to go to. Praise God that you're here and you're healthy. Praise God. You know, what would it look like if when somebody gives us a compliment, we say more than thank you? You know, I know that's what we do, and that's good. I mean, that we it's almost a habit for us. And, and if you're not saying thank you, you need to. <laughs> Just good morals. But what do we do? I mean, most of the time somebody gives you a compliment, we say thank you for that. That's polite. But what if? What if instead of just thank you, we said, you know, thanks. You know, God's got me through a lot. Hey, man, that was a good message today. Well, thank you. You know, I was struggling with this. And I felt God um, speak to me, tell me that he wanted me to talk about this. You know, we, what if, what if, Somebody says, you know, you did such a great job. Well, you know, I think God has really turned my life around. You know, it used to be like this, but now it's like this. Praise God. What would it look like if we started doing that? You know, when we glorify, look, self-glory, I'm telling you, is very hard to fight. It takes courage. 
What would it look like if we did that? When you glorify yourself, it doesn't last long at all, and it doesn't amount to very much. It doesn't. But when you glorify God, it lasts forever. And the potential to make a big impact is huge. The potential for change is huge. And look, I know this sounds simple, but when we give glory to God, great things happen, not only to us, to you, but to people all around you. Let me show you in Acts chapter 4. So Peter heals the man, right? Jesus heals the man through Peter. The people are amazed. Peter gives glory to God, and then he sort of goes on this long uh, message. He gives a, a long sermon about Jesus. He really uses this opportunity to glorify God. But, but you know what happens? Acts 4, verse 4. Many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000 people. Do you see what happens here when God is glorified? That's so amazing. He blesses that. Peter could have said, yeah, it's all me. It's all me. He could have took credit for all of it. I did this, but he didn't. He gave credit to God. And what did God do? God blessed that. God multiplied that. You know, how many of you all knew this verse was here? It's, it's kind of hidden there, isn't it? It's like a hidden gem. We always focus on the, the first day, like the 3,000 people. But this is a 70% increase. And it says men it's probably a lot more. What a tremendous blessing. All because Peter had courage to give God glory. God blessed that. God honored that. When we give God credit, great things happen. He multiplies the blessing. I don't know if you caught that or not. Peter and John, on their normal daily routine, on the way to the temple to pray, take time to stop and show radical love to somebody. Wouldn't you like to have been a part of that? Man, I would love to be able to pray with somebody, and they get healed on the spot. That would be a blessing to them, but to me too. I would have loved to have been a part of that. You think that guy that got healed was blessed by that? Sure. There was a great blessing there. But notice, after Peter gave credit and glory to God, what did God do? He took that blessing and made a bigger blessing out of it. So many people believed in Jesus. What a great blessing that is. He brings about change through that. So many lives were changed because one person gave glory to God. So one of the biggest things we can do to, to give God glory is to proclaim the name of his son Jesus. You know, the final thing we see in this passage regarding courage is this. We need the courage to boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. You know, that man that was healed was born lame. He was locked that way from birth. But you know what his greatest need was? Jesus. It was. People need to hear about Jesus. We can look out at our world and say this world or our country at least needs change. We need a change of regulation. We need a change of laws. We need leadership change. We need policy changes. We may even need to change our culture over here. But you know what this country, this world ultimately needs? It's Jesus. 
people need to hear the name of Jesus. People need to hear about Jesus. I can, um, Acts 4.12, this is not on the screen, and I can kick myself for not including it. But maybe it's better that I didn't, because maybe you'll go look it up. Acts 4.12, one of the most important verses in all the Bible, says salvation is found in no one else, no other name under heaven given unto men by which we can be saved. There's no other name. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. His name saves. His name brings change. We need the courage to proclaim the name of Jesus. And look, we, uh, let's be honest. We really don't have a problem doing it here, do we? It's easy to talk about Jesus in church. It's easy to talk about Jesus in Sunday school. It's easy to talk about Jesus in small group. It's easy to talk about Jesus with your Christian friends. It takes courage to talk about Jesus when it's uncomfortable. Look, I, look, I'm right there with you. I'm not a talky, I don't normally, I'm not a very social person, you know what I mean? Anyway, it's hard to talk about Jesus when you're outside of your normal routine and your normal con uh, context. It's hard to talk about Jesus when you're uncomfortable. It's hard to talk about Jesus when you're not sure if you'll offend somebody. It's hard to talk about Jesus when you're not sure what the consequences will be, right? You're not sure what exactly will happen if I talk about Jesus here. You know, for the teens, it takes courage to talk about Jesus at school when you're not with your Christian friends. Those of you at work, hey, it's easy to talk about Jesus when you're with your Christian buddy. What about when you're with those people that talk negative, talk bad every single day? It's different, isn't it? It takes courage to step into that. The courage... Look, that type of courage, though, is what brings change. <laughs> Nothing really changes when it's you and me talking about Jesus. That's expected. It's when you start using the name of Jesus courageously in that context, in a darker context, when you bring the light, what's going to happen? The light's going to start filtering through. That's where change takes place. After healing this man and the crowd gathered and people gave glory to God through this message, guess what happened? I mean, yeah, it was it, a lot of people got saved, but guess what also happened? Peter and John were arrested. Immediately. Like as the people gave their lives here to the Lord, as they believed, they were arrested. They were thrown in jail. They were brought to, to the religious council. Look, they were in trouble. Not just trouble, danger. They were in danger. Acts verse 4, I mean Acts chapter 4 verse 8, excuse me. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, 
if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, let me just pause there. Peter isn't just talking to ordinary people. Okay. Now, now the first time Peter gave his first message, remember that, back on the day of Pentecost? It was just people there in Jerusalem for Passover. It was just common folk, you and me type of people out there. Peter addressed them first. This time, it is the religious leaders. It is the rulers and the elders. These are the people who hated Jesus. These are the people that arrested Jesus. These are the people that beat and spat upon Jesus. These are the people who yelled out, we want Barabbas, we want to crucify Jesus. These are the people that crucified Jesus. That's who Peter and John are in front of. Then we see why Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. He's saying, man, look, if if you all arrested us for showing some radical love to somebody in need, and then he says this in, in verse 10, then know this, if that's the reason you arrested us, know this, here, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You see the name there? Name. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He told the religious leaders the exact same thing that he told the people on the day of Pentecost. Same message, different people. Same message, different situation. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And look, you crucified him. He didn't water the message just because his audience changed. You crucified him. You put him to death. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. He's alive today. And it's because of Jesus that this man is healed. What boldness. Like what courage that takes. Do you see that? They did too. Look at verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I don't know how you read into that. But that's huge. Courage gets noticed. Wouldn't it be great for somebody to look at you in your life and say, that man, that woman, they've been with Jesus. That man, that woman, they talk about Jesus a lot. That man, that woman, They follow Jesus. Now, wouldn't that be great? After this, Peter and John were released. If you read through this, I'm going I'm to finish up here. If you read 3 and 4 and 5 of Acts, they're arrested again. Okay, This happens a lot. But after this moment here, they were released, and 
man, they were, they were really happy. They go back to the church, their brothers and sisters. They all sort of do this celebration. They get together. They celebrate. You know what they do? They praise God, and they pray. And I want you to notice this, Acts 4.31. After they prayed, the place they were, they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You know, we usually connect this verse to prayer. And while prayer is powerful and prayer is important, this stems from Peter's courage. If you read this verse in context, everything flows from Peter making that one decision to show courage and show radical love to somebody. Courage is powerful. Courage is contagious, though, too. You know, I don't know if you noticed this, but once Peter acted in courage, what did everybody else do? I mean, it's kind of like those those movies when you see them, and, and you got one side, and they're they're sort of uncertain of what's going to happen. They're sort of fearful. They're sort of not knowing what to do next. And then one or two or three people say, "Let's go!" They start pumping everybody up, and they charge in. What happens? Everybody else follows. That's what I see taking place here. Peter did one thing. Everybody else got on board, and they were bold together. Maybe, maybe you're the one to be the spark. Maybe you're the one to start a revival in your workplace. Maybe you're the one to start a movement in your neighborhood. Maybe you're the one that dozens of people could potentially follow and become believers in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're the one to start that. It starts with, you want to bring about change? It starts with you and me. It starts with you, us, having courage. And we, we have the courage to love somebody radically. We have the courage to give God glory. And we have the courage to speak and proclaim the name of Jesus in any and every situation that will bring about change. Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the message today. We are so thankful that we can read in your word and see how we should live and what we should do. We're thankful that your word is living and active and timely. And what we read today, we read about courage. And we also see in our world that our world needs to change. Well, it takes courage to bring about change. Father, we, we just pray that you help us. Help us to love others the way that you loved us, radically. Help us to go above and beyond showing love to those in need. Help us not to get so caught up in this world that we, we miss those opportunities that are right before our eyes. Help us to see people. Father, help us to glorify you in everything that we do. Help us to glorify you when others compliment us. 
Father, help us to proclaim boldly the name of Jesus Christ, not just when it's convenient, but all the time. That's how real change happens. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.